The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 137 Luxury Breeds Conceit Following Nineveh's repentance, the Assyrian Empire began to grow, much to the concern of the surrounding countries. Perhaps its growth into an empire over the next 50 years was a fulfillment of Jonah's fears and part of his reason for not wanting God to spare the Ninevites. At the same time the nation of Assyria was rising, Israel was growing under the reign of King Jeroboam II. He was a wicked king who followed the idolatrous traditions of the first king Jeroboam from 150 years earlier. However, God, in his mercy, allowed the borders of Israel to expand. Jeroboam II succeeded in taking back all the territory Israel had lost to Syria in the previous years. In fact, under the reign of Jeroboam II, Israel's borders expanded to include areas of Syria as far north as Damascus and Hamath. Though Israel grew, the people did not acknowledge God as providing the increase, and he raised up the prophets of Amos and Hosea to warn Israel of its impending doom at the hands of the Assyrians. Meanwhile in Judah, following the assassination of his father, Amaziah, young King Uzziah began to reign. He was only 16 years old when his father died, but he immediately sought out God through the tutelage of the prophet Zechariah. A different Zechariah from the prophet whose book is at the end of the Old Testament. God blessed Uzziah with the wisdom and discernment needed to rule a growing kingdom. As long as Uzziah, also known as Azariah, sought God's guidance in his life, the kingdom expanded and flourished. At the outset of his rule, Uzziah initiated a broad campaign of military conquests to recover parts of Judah lost by previous kings. First, he sent his army west toward the Mediterranean to war against the Philistines. Ever since Israel had entered the Promised Land, the Philistines' strong military consistently warred against the Israelites. However, because of his reliance on God, Uzziah was blessed with success in battle time and again. Gath, Ashdod, Jabna, major Philistine cities with large fortifications, were smashed by Uzziah's army. Then, to ensure that the Philistines remained subservient, Uzziah built up his own fortified outposts among the Philistine people. With the western border of Judah secure all the way to the Mediterranean Sea, Uzziah turned his attention toward the south. The Arabians were a constant thorn in Judah's side, relentlessly attacking the southern outposts of the nation. Uzziah continued his father's push to retake the Red Sea port of Iloth. This port's access to the Indian Ocean had made it vital to the sea commerce of King Solomon 200 years earlier. After Judah's successful campaigns against the Philistines on the west and the Arabians on the south, the Ammonites, 
located across the Jordan on the east of Judah, knew they were next. In an effort to appease King Uzziah before he attacked, the king of Ammon sent messengers with gifts of gold and silver to the Judean king. In return for not attacking them, Uzziah accepted a yearly tribute from the Ammonites, further increasing Judah's wealth. With the borders of the country now secure, Uzziah turned his attention to building up Judah's internal strength. The years under the neglectful rule of Amaziah had left Jerusalem's defenses dilapidated. Uzziah strengthened Jerusalem's fortifications, reinforcing the gates of the city and increasing the height of its walls. Uzziah also began to build up the national economy. Judah's king loved both animal and plant husbandry. This passion for God's creation stirred him to pour national resources into agricultural development. With the defeat of the nations surrounding Judah, more land was available to cultivate. The rolling hills and open valleys of the lowlands west of Jerusalem were perfect for Uzziah's growing herds of cattle. Toward the Negev desert in the south, Uzziah dug many large wells to ensure that the animals had plenty of water to drink. He also built many watchtowers and military outposts to protect the farmers from the constant attacks of marauding Arab tribes. These tall towers made it possible to see miles into the distance, allowing the border inhabitants time to prepare to defend against the enemy raiding parties. Rain in due season also created the perfect climate for planting large vineyards and olive groves. The resulting harvest produced so much wine and oil that Uzziah could sell the excess to merchants traveling through the land. As Uzziah remained close to God, the land was blessed with increase. The king knew the successful food production and commerce projects meant that the land of Israel once again would become a lucrative target for invading nations. He decided to build up his army and weaponry to protect Judah from invasion. It didn't take him long to build an army of 307,500 tough fighting men. With 2,600 commanding officers over them, this formidable force was outfitted with the newest equipment, large shields, bows, spears, slings, and armor were distributed to the respective units. Military drills were regularly conducted to ensure the men were fit for battle. In Jerusalem, Uzziah constructed large towers at various places along the city wall. A team of brilliant local engineers designed special defensive machines to ward off any army that would attempt a siege against Jerusalem. The machines, a type of ballista, were able to hurl heavy stones with tremendous force. Other platforms were created to provide an area from which to shoot arrows at any attacking adversary. As the nation grew in power, Uzziah's custom was to acknowledge God as the one who provided the increase. Decades of obedience to God ensured that the nation of Judah was showered with blessings. At some point, however, Uzziah surveyed the fruitfulness of the nation and began to forget that God was behind it. He began taking credit for Judah's growth. 
he started to think that it was his own greatness that caused Judah to prosper. Uzziah's good judgment faded as he grew wise in his own eyes. One day, in the midst of a large group assembled for a service at the temple in Jerusalem, King Uzziah made a terrible decision. Standing in the temple courtyard, the king was witnessing the usual proceeding of the priests moving in and out of the temple. He started to reason in his mind, Why is it that I, the powerful king of Judah, have to sit back and watch these priests perform their religious duties? I am the most important man here. Wouldn't it be better if I was the one offering up the incense upon the altar inside the temple? Ever since the time Israel was in the wilderness, God had set up the sons of Aaron, Moses' brother, as his priests, while there would be a head of the physical government, such as a judge or king. God intended the sons of Aaron to be in charge of the religious order. But Uzziah started to believe it would be better for him to take on those responsibilities, regardless of God's instruction. He also hated that the people of Israel were looking to someone else for leadership rather than just him. So after reasoning it out, the king left the mass of spectators and strode toward the steps of the temple. Without saying a word, he entered through the porch into the holy place. The crowd was shocked. The Israelites had never seen anyone but a Levite enter the temple. The high priest, Azariah, busy by the altar of sacrifice, had not noticed the king's initial movements toward the temple steps. But at the collective gasp of the people, Azariah turned in time to see the king's back as he entered the sanctuary. Azariah had feared something like this might happen. For the past few months, he had detected a certain restlessness in the king during the holy festivities. Quickly, Azariah left the altar and rushed toward the temple entrance. While he moved, he signaled to the other priests to join him. By the time he reached the doorway of the temple, 80 stout-hearted priests were behind him, ready to back him up with force if they had to. King Uzziah, what are you doing? Yelled the high priest as he entered into the holy place. At the opposite end of the chamber, the king stood facing the golden incense altar, his back to the doorway. At first, he refused to acknowledge Azariah's presence. King Uzziah! The high priest tried once more to get the king's attention, noticing a smoking censer in Uzziah's hand. You must leave this place. You are forbidden to do the work of a priest. Finally, the king slowly turned to face Azariah and the priests. How dare you? The king boldly scowled. I am the king of Judah, the most powerful man in the nation. Am I to take orders from you, a priest? If I want to offer incense, then I will do it. He then turned back to the altar and started to raise the censer. If you do not leave, we will have to forcefully remove you, answered Azariah. The high priest then looked from side to side, nodding to the other priests to start approaching the king. As they walked up behind Uzziah, Azariah commanded the king once more, You must leave, or else you will bring the wrath of God down upon us. 
But King Uzziah refused to give in to the commands of the high priest. He grew increasingly angry at what he considered insurrection against his authority. With the priest just steps away from laying hold of the king, the vexed monarch turned around and proclaimed, I shall do what I want. Don't you dare come closer to me. The priest halted their march, the echoes of steps reverberating through the sanctuary. That's better, the king said. Now remove yourself from my presence so that I may burn incense before God. No one moved. Remove yourselves, commanded the king, unnerved by their silence. The high priest finally spoke. King Uzziah, he hesitated, then pointed to the king's forehead. You have a lump on your head. It looks like it might be leprosy. Shocked, the king dropped the censer. He raised his hands to his forehead and was horrified to feel an area of soft, moist skin between his eyes. Because of the king's disobedience, God had struck him with leprosy. Immediately, Azariah commanded the priests, Quick, grab the king and get him out of the temple. We must not let leprosy pollute the temple more than it already has. The closest group of priests strode forward to lay hold on the king. They turned and raced toward the entrance, the king's feet skipping along the ground as they half carried him. As they reached the temple grounds, the king quickly outran the priests and withdrew to his palace to hide his leprosy. However, it wasn't long before news of Uzziah's leprosy spread throughout Judah. While God was extremely displeased by the king's vain attempt to take over the priest's office, he did not put him to death. Instead, Uzziah had to live with leprosy for the remainder of his life. Because of the disease, the king lived in quarantine, away from contact with other people. This meant that he could not see to the running of the country. In his place, Uzziah's young son, Jotham, took over the rulership of the nation, judging the people of the land. To be continued in our next episode, and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church.